The ABC's Word Wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rawley Sussex. One three hundred triple two six twelve. That is the phone number that you can call. One three hundred triple two six twelve, because it is that time of the day. The ABC's Word Wizard, Rowley Sussex, OAM. Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland is here, willing and able to talk to you about words, language and linguistics. one three hundred triple two six twelve. That's one three hundred triple two six twelve to connect to Professor Rolly Sussex. Now Rolly, um you want to talk about a new book from Canada of all places called English Made Simple. And unfortunately, me reciting the title of the book doesn't really do justice to the theme of the book, but I can say that they've spelt English, I-N-G-L-I-S-H. Made is M-A-E-D, and simple is S-I-M-P-E-L. What's wrong with that? That means that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Well, Catherine, um, <laughs> there's a lot, I'm afraid there's a lot wrong with it. And there have been attempts to fix English spelling for at least the last 600 years. One of the most famous was uh, George Bernard Shaw, the playwright. When he, he died, he left a bequest for a competition for someone to invent a brand new way of, of spelling English. And they ran the competition and a winner was declared and no one's ever heard anything more about it. Because in the meantime, English, I'm afraid, has escaped and there's nothing much we can do about it. Because if we wanted to change anything, we'd have to get something like 450, 60 million people who are first languages of speakers, language speakers of English, and maybe 2 billion around the world who use it for some purpose or other, all to agree that they're going to change in the same way, the same direction, at the same time. And it just wouldn't go. There are lots of reasons why this isn't known. People tend to say, well, why can't English be phonetic? By which they mean one letter should have one sound and one sound should have one letter. Well, there is a system that does that. It's called IPA, the International Phonetic Association. You can find it on the, on the web. And it gives precisely that. One letter for each sound. So if you give me a, people, a piece of language written in IPA, I can give you a pretty good representation of how it would sound to someone who speaks the language. Unfortunately, and you knew there was going to be an unfortunately. I was waiting for it. Here it comes. Um, English has got so much variation that if we were going to have just one way of spelling it, it would have to be chosen from one place or one group of people and everybody else would be left out. And that would be politically and strategically very difficult. Whereas the way things are at the moment, and I'll, I'll talk about American and British spelling a bit later, um, we've got a, a system of writing which is pretty standard across the English-speaking world. Is it an, a barrier to learning English? Probably. There is a lot of irregularity in it. But the fact that everybody writes more or less the same means that we can communicate, at least in writing. It's actually like Chinese. Hmm. Uh, we tend, tend to think of Chinese as being just one language. Well, it's not. It's about 600 dialects. And when they speak, a lot of them can't understand each other. And, for example, Mandarin Chinese has got four tones. Cantonese, spoken in, say, Hong Kong, has got nine. And... Yes. 
the big thing about Chinese is that most of them write pretty much the same, and that's how they manage to have a unified country with a unified writing system. And actually the same is true in a slightly different sense in English, because we were once more phonetic than we are now. Um, for example, K-N-I-G-H-T used to be knicht, and we pronounced the K, and the G-H was a H. But over time, we found that kun was too hard to say, and there aren't any words in English which start like that, so we got rid of the K. And uh, then the H sound disappeared. The only place it really occurs is in the word loch in Scotland, the place where the monster lives. And so these are right on the edge of language, and we have N-I-G-H-T pronounced the same as K-N-I-G-H-T, mm. and I'm afraid we just got to do memory work to do it. I've got all sorts of examples and reasons why you can't have a single English writing system. I mean, there's... Now, the, mm, go yeah, on. Well, dialects. Uh, in Australia, L-O-V-E is not love, but it's love. But in the north of England, and Rob, our producer who comes from up there, will correct me probably, but it's more something more like love. And in lots of pop songs, it is love. Now, love, love and love, are you going to write those differently? Because that would suggest they're three different words. If you're going to choose one, which are you going to choose and why? Because some of the other people are going to get left out. <laughs> and it, it's a kind of no-win situation. Mm. I'm just thinking about which love I'd prefer, and I think I like the one that's L-U-R-R-R-R-R-V-E, <laughs> just because I feel like it adequately expresses my sentiments most of the time. Um, oh. well, well, let's talk then about those differences with uh, British and American spelling, because, yeah, on one hand you say, well, English is English, and we just have to ad adjust to all of the different quirks. But in, in some respects, I feel like the Americans have gone ahead and made it a bit easier. Yep. And this was Noah Webster, who did a Dictionary of American English in 1828. And then he produced a book called The Blue-Backed Speller. And I think that sold more copies than any other book except the Bible. And all American kids learnt to spell from it. And it was S-E-C-S-E-C-R-E-T-R-E-T-R-E-T-R-E-T-R-E-T-R-E-T-R-E-T-R-E-T-R-E-T-R-E-T-R-E-T-R-E-T-R-E-T-R-E-T-R-E-
Um, the double M E was French. Computer programs are always M, but if you go to Britain and you go to a concert, it'll be a program with a double M E. And if you go to one of the upmarket concert halls in America, it's probably a double M E for music and the theatre program as well. So we are really all over the place without mentioning aluminum and aluminium. And if you are cooking, do you have basil or basil? Basil, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, me too. And oregano or oregano? Oh, never mind cilantro or coriander. Uh -huh, but uh -huh. really, I mean, it's, his efficiencies seem to make sense. Why, why did he stop where he stopped? Couldn't he have done more? <laughs> Well, he he did he did do some more actually. Um, he got rid of the O G U E things and turned it into Og. Um, X became A X rather than A X E because the E wasn't pronounced. But there are some real problems actually between the Americans and us. For example, if you hear the American say the word error, we think, oh, he means a mistake. Actually, he's pronouncing E R A. Um, you got to think about that right. because if it's error, right, they would pronounce the R on the end, which is what they do. And their error is our error, E-R-R-O-R, but our era is not found in American English. So hmm. there are some areas where, where you can really get into some problems. But, but Webster actually was, I think he was looking to get rid of things like the humor, humorous one. And... He did a lot of sensible you know, simplification. I think it's just as well he stopped where he did. Um, he tried to make plow into P-L-O-W. Well, the O-U-G-H, as you said at the start, is a problem. There are seven ways to pronounce it. Gosh. Though, <laughs> though through, trough, slough, um, slough, thorough, thought, enough, and hiccup. Hiccup? O-U-G-H. Oh. As to, uh, yes. Okay. I see that. So, I, I would be H-I-C-C-U-P, but I think that's wrong. probably more common nowadays. Okay. But the O-U-G one is in the dictionaries. And, you know, one way or the other, we've, we've inherited a bit of a dog's dinner, but we probably have to live with it. Um, for example, here's a lovely example, which I really like. Photo, photography, photographic. Right. Now, if you write P-H-O-T-O -O in each case, that reminds you that it's the same root, mm -hmm. even though there are three different pronunciations of the vowels. Photo, photography, photography, hmm. not photography, but photography, and photographic. All right. And so it is really quite important that you keep the spelling of the root recognizable. Look at um, volcano and volcanic. Now, V-O-L-C-A-N is found in both of them. And even though there's in one word it's A and the other is A, the fact that they're written the same reminds us that they come from the same source. And what about muscle and muscular? We don't say muscle. Oh, well. We say muscle. <laughs> By the way, do you know the story behind that, where it comes from? It's a lovely story. Oh, all right. And then we'll pick up with Greg in Willowong. Please go ahead. We Professor Rolla Sussex on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. Tell us the story of muscle. All right. If you flex your biceps, you see the, mu the muscles sort of moving up and down. I can almost imagine you doing it in the studio. <laughs> All right? Yes. I'm right. seeing movement. Yes, go on. You see? Oh, well, good. There's something there. Right. Okay. Now, the word for mouse in Latin is mus, M-U-S, and musculus means a little mouse. <gasps> mm -hmm. And so when you move your biceps 
you can see this thing running up and down and it looks like a little mouse and that's where the word muscle comes <laughs> that's, from. That's super cute. I am going to remember that one. That's a good one for the kid. Um, okay, this is fascinating. <laughs> Professor Rolly Sussex with you. ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland, 20 minutes past two. My name is Kat. Greg is in Willowong. G'day, Greg. Hi, Kat. I was Kay and Rolly. Hey, uh, there. There's a fundamental pitfall with the International Phonetics Association, should be IFA. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, I know, for just a, a quick example, when I read meter, M-E-T-E-R, I understand that I'm reading an instrument that gives me an, a measurement of something. If I read M-E-T-R-E, I know that I'm reading a measurement, if you know what I mean. So, I mean, this is a, 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 um, a, a subject that's close to my heart, and I get kind of aggro about it. <laughs> so, I probably should quit it while I'm ahead. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they're pronounced the same, aren't they? But um, we write them differently. And usually in context, you won't find there are too many where you actually might confuse one for the other. All right. I'm, I took a reading off the meter. That wouldn't be M-E-T-R-E, I think. So the, these are what are called homophones. They're pronounced the same. That's the phone bit. But they are heterographs, means that they're written differently. And there are thousands and thousands of those in English. So meter, of course, which is M-E-T-E-R in America anyway, they've actually lost a useful distinction which we preserve hmm. where the M-E-T-E-R is the instrument and the M-E-T-R-E is the measurement. Okay, I'll take that. I mean, as someone who generally prefers things to be simpler, especially mm -hmm. if, um, you know, we're, we're talking about life generally, I feel like simplicity wins. But, okay, I, I'll take that. Uh, Greg, thank you very much. Robin is in Bowen, and it's Veranda that raises your attention. G'day, Robin. Oh, hi. Um, I went to primary school in the 60s, and I was so certain that I learned to spell veranda with an H on the end. But any time I ask anyone about it, even the kids I went to school with, they say, no, there was never an H on the end of it. So mm -hmm. I just need to know whether I was right or wrong. Uh, you were both right, because both spellings are found, and the most common one is without the H, but H is really quite frequent anyway. Um, it comes from a Hindi word in English, veranda, um, which means a railing or a balustrade. So, you know, we, we borrowed it. There's no H in Hindi, and we just took it into English. But uh, sometimes when we borrow words, we do weird things with the spelling. And I'm afraid that in this case, they we popped in an H, and it's now one of these things which is an option. And we've got to remember that it, can, it you're, you're not wrong to use it. You're equally, equally right. But uh, the people who do it without are probably in the majority. Yeah, that's what I figured. Okay. Sorry, sorry. But, okay, thank you very <laughs> yep. much. Good on you, Robin. Thank you very much. Ron is on the Gold Coast, and you've got a question about um, a pronunciation. Ron, what, what's the word that you'd like to know a bit more about? Good afternoon to you both. Um, I've got uh, an O-U-G-H for you. It's a pronunciation of a surname beginning with H. Okay, so it's spelt H-O-U-G-H. How to say that one? Yes. How would you say it? Hoff. Hoff. Rolly? Rolly? 
Yeah, it's Hoff. Um, I, I, have, I have known a Hoff, and he was definitely an A-U-G-H Hoff. Um, and uh, again, with, with names of people or places, the only real thing you can do is to ask them how they want it pronounced, so that Featherstone Hoare is Fanshawe in English, and uh, remember Kerry Bucket, who was Bouquet um, <laughs> in the TV series. Mine's um, cyclist here, yes. Mine's cyclist here, yes. I'm, I'm afraid British, British names are awful. And uh, the O-U-G-H, it was originally pronounced much closer to the phonetics, but over time it just got changed and changed and changed, and Nowadays, the only thing we can do is, is really to, uh, to ask him, I'm afraid. And isn't that interesting? Because, Ron, if I saw Hoff written down, my instinct would be to pronounce it um, how or something. But then when I see mm -hmm. you know, Goff, then you realise the difference. And, yeah. uh, there's nine different ways of pronouncing it. Gosh, how confusing. Well, okay, well, I've got, I've got another one for you, which is a bit closer to home. T-R-O-U-G-H. There used to be one in people's laundries one in time has gone by, and you'd pronounce that trough. Yes. Except that in different parts of Tasmania, it's called either tro or trow. Huh. There you have it. Right. Oh, boy. So, you know, I mean, if you're going to simplify, well, sorry, if you're going to have phonetic spelling, we'd have multiple different you know, spellings of that thing in different parts of the world. And fr frankly, it would be very, very con inconvenient and uh, make a lot of trouble. 25 minutes past two. Thank you very much to Ron. You're on ABC Radio Brisbane in Queensland. My name is Kat and Professor Rolly Sussex is your guest this afternoon. The ABC's Lord of Language, taking a look at the spelling of things and uh, Scarecrow at uh, Boowall. Boowall, really, Scarecrow. Hello. What is it that you um, would like to say this afternoon? Booyol. Booyol. I thought so. Yeah, Booyol Heights. Okay, um, gotcha. I'd just like to ask Rolly about um, uh, Butterfly. Why did they call it Butterfly and what it does is Flutterby? Oh, okay. cute. <laughs> yes, that's very clever. Rolly? Okay. Um, but butterfly is, is, is one of these things. I mean, it, I think it's a Schmetterling in German. Um, and the, the, it comes from uh, butter and fly, possibly because the old butterflies used to be cream or yellow, right? And they flew around, and so they had, they had a color which reminded you of butter, so that it's a, a flying thing which looks like butter. That's about as good as we can get for an explanation because no one actually recorded it at the time. And you're quite right, Flutterby uh, sounds as if it's more more modern, except that it really is a fly. You know, in other words, this is an object that does fly, so you need to have FLY on it. I thought it might add something to do with flying cows. <laughs> <laughs> um, only after about five whiskies. <laughs> Thank you very much, Scarecrow. Peter is on the Gold Coast. Good day, Peter. Oh, good afternoon. Um, I was actually just wanting to thank the newsreader at two o'clock for using the word data and the journal ah, the report. Yes, well said. Um, there are three. Uh, there's data, data, and data. Now, the the one that is closest to Latin is data, because datum in Latin means a thing which is given, and the plural is data, lots of given things, or facts. But uh, data is more British, and data is American, and you will hear 
all three used by professionals in IT and uh, information science. And uh, they're always spelt the same way and they're very often pronounced differently. And it's one of these things where you grit your teeth and just take it on board. Isn't that curious? Because I would, I would routinely say data. So is that incorrect? Oh, no, on the contrary. You're closer to the Latin, but I, I always say data because I'm, I'm thinking about the Latin origin. Quite a few people look at me sideways and say, oh, you're a bit tough, but posh, aren't you? And I say, well, no, this is what it originally was. And they said, well, not in, not in modern English. Hmm. Peter, what do, you, what do you use data, Peter? Well, I just, it's written data. Mm-hmm. Well, except that the, the letter A, of course, got lots of pronunciations. And sometimes it's A and sometimes it's A and sometimes it's R. Right? And in a few other words, it's something different again. So um, I'm, I'm afraid that trying to tie down vowels to pronunciations is really, really problematic. This is very interesting. I mean, when you look at English, is it unique or is it similar? You, you were mentioning from a, a written standpoint, Chinese mm-hmm. earlier, but as far as pronunciation and phonetics goes, mm-hmm. are we fairly unique as English speakers, Rolly? Do other languages have the same problems that we do? Um, many languages with alphabetical writing systems, like ours, have similar problems. Some languages change very slowly, like Icelandic, so it's possible for modern Icelanders to read the sagas which were written written in the 9th and 10th centuries, and the language hasn't actually shifted that much over more than a thousand years. English has not only been invaded by the French and various other people, uh, but it's also gone through major changes of sound, and it's become international and is spoken in lots of different places, with the result that it's developed a lot of new pronunciations while the spelling has actually remained pretty stable. Hmm. And so that's our problem. Brian at Maurer's got a word that does trip me up from time to time, depending on whether I've where I've read it in a sentence and what other information I have relative to that word. Uh, mm-hmm. G'day, Brian. Yeah, g'day, Cat Rowley. How you going? <laughs> good, mate. Well. That's good. Yeah, no, my ex-wife used to really keep me off. She'd say advertisement. Mm-hmm. Whereas I always say advertisement because you mm-hmm. don't, you know, you advertise something for sale. You don't advert it. Advertisement is actually an Americanism. Um, it started being used, I, I noticed it first in the 60s, I think, and it's probably at least as common as advertisement now. I say advertisement, um, but again, the, the differences of stresses are very unstable. Some people say research and research, and that's another word. Would you have different spellings for that? It's really quite problematic, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's a tricky one. If I've sort of come to a sentence and I think the next word might be advertise and I actually, Mm -hmm. you know, haven't read quickly and I have seen that there's another syllable attached when I get to actually spitting the word out, then all of a sudden I stay with advertise uh, yes. and just throw in mint on the end. Mint on the end, right. Yeah. And the trouble is that advertise is the shorter one, and it's stressed on the eyes. So there is a natural tendency to get rid of differences because, you know, advertise, advertisement, you've got to remember that not only there are two forms of the word, but there are two places where the stress goes. And there's a big movement in modern English to get rid of outliers which have a different stress and to go for the stress on the shorter one and apply it to everything, which is why you now have um, uh, import and import used to be different. Now, again, I think we're finding import stressed on the first syllable for everything, noun or verb. And advertisement, uh, this is under pressure from America, will probably become 
standard or close to standard within the next generation. And replace advertisement. Interesting. Okay. I'm afraid yeah. so. And, unless there's lots and lots of Brits around saying advertisement, dear boy, advertisement. <laughs> yeah, with great import. Uh, Professor yeah. Rowley Sussex with you. <laughs> Half past two, ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. Thank you very much to Brian. Rod in Cairns, Rowley, has a butterfly mm-hmm. poem for you. Hello, Rod. Right. Oh, hi, hi Rowley. Hi, Cat with a K. Hello. Not so much a poem as a question. If you like mm. the butterfly flutterby, why did the butterfly flutterby? You have an answer for us? Yes, because it saw the dragonfly drink the flagon dry. <laughs> ah. <laughs> All right, ba-boom, we give you that one. Thank you. Well Thank done. You. Thank you, Rod. Daryl in Bundaberg with, a, I guess, a phone call along a similar line. Hello, Daryl. How you going, Captain Riley? Good, mate. Hello. there. Yeah, uh, Bourbon, B-O-U-R-B-O-N-G Street. That's mm-hmm. the main street of Bundaberg. Yes. And announced the other day we had a bit of a dispute. Uh, the locals call it Bourbon Street and he called it Bourbon Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the early days, it never had a G on the end of it. It was spelt the same way as Bourbon. And he said, well, how do you spell it? How do you pronounce Bourbon then, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they put the G on it. And um, in the early days, it didn't have the G. In later years, they put the G on So what's the right pronunciation of it? Oh, right. Okay. Um, the Bourbons, B-O-U-R-B-O-N, was a dynasty of French kings, and they were pronounced Bourbon in French and Bourbon in English. Uh, but the, 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 the pronunciations of, of B-O-U-R-B-O-N-G are quite varied. So, by the way, with Bougainvillea and Bougainvillea. Now, the, the French explorer was Bougainville, Right? But mostly in Australia, you'll hear Bougainvillea and, and even Bogues. You know, I've got some Bogues in my garden. So I'm afraid uh, these are, again, the, the place to go is the Queensland Government Gazetteer, which actually has a website with all of the place names in Queensland that are known, together with their history and something about their pronunciation. And if people locally around Bundaberg are saying Bourbon, then that's the way it is for them. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm a local, and same with the Burnett River. We call it the the Burnett River, and now a lot of new people call it the Burnett. Ah, that's an American thing. Uh, Putting the final stress on a word where you're not quite sure. For example, like baton rather than baton, perfume rather than perfume. Right after a while, you see that there's a bit of a pattern going on here. And Burnett, there are quite a few. I think there's a is an American actress called Carol Burnett, is that right? And I'm pretty sure the stress is there, so that, you know, if you have got to remember, there are some people who are Burnett and some people who aren't, a bit like Colin, but Colin Powell, uh, individuals can be, can, no, you you have to allow them Hmm. to be called what they want to. I have to give a a shout out to our evenings presenter, Kelly Higgins-Devine, who's a bit of a legend and uh, helps me out from time to time and sent me a very kindly worded email with lots of smiley faces and encouragement to correct me on my pronunciation of Burnett because I was very much a Burnett and she said, darling, it's Burnett, like as if Ah. you're burning it. That's right, isn't it? (laughs) Burnett? That's right. Yeah, mate. All right. I will say. Good stuff. When when Raleigh said Colan before, uh, Colan, the Colan River, they call it the Colan River, a lot of the announcers, you know? Yes. Keep it through. I'm always happy to take corrections. I always will. It's Booyal. Pardon? It's Booyal. You were trying to pronounce before. Booyal. Yeah, they like to call it Booyal. Brilliant. And there was the other one the other day, Alara. Oh yes, which is which is spelled Allora, and because mm-hmm. I had a you know high school Italian, that's where I went. Which is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's Allora. It is. So it's I will never forget on, that. On the, on the way to Warwick, I also said Allora one day, and the sky fell 
and the, 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 the listeners came and, and crucified me on air, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. Not Keep those me both. corrections coming. We're only human and happy to help. ABC Radio Brisbane in Queensland, 25 minutes to three. My name is Kat, uh, with a K, as people have pointed out today, and that's very cute. Thank you for doing that. Um, <laughs> Professor Rolly Sussex is your guest, and uh, he's having a word in your ear, um, as he does every Thursday afternoon from two o'clock. Uh, let's move now to Taragindi. And I'm almost tempted to deliberately mispronounce words because you can have fun doing that as well, but I won't. I'll hold off for today. Margaret. Hello, Margaret. What's the, what's the word that you'd like to talk with Rolly about this afternoon? Hello. Good afternoon, Kat and Rolly. My um, word is a surname where mm-hmm. people in Australia, the name K-E-R-R, and I say care. And mm-hmm. my children who have been brought up in Australia say Cur. And mm-hmm. um, I, I just don't know where that comes from. Is it because they're taught at school to say the letter K is cur, cur, cur or something? But yes, and, and yet Deborah Carr, who's an English actress, mm-hmm. um, her name was Kerr, but pronounced Deborah Carr. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, again, I think that the, the the car pronunciation is an older British one. I'm not quite sure which parts of Britain it comes from, possibly Scotland. Um, but when you get people in a new country, they often do what's called a spelling pronunciation, which means that they're... They, they look at the spelling and take the nearest, uh, the nearest uh, stab they can. Now, I thought when I came back to live in Australia that it was um, Talangata down on the border with Victoria and New South Wales. Of course, it's Talangata. And you need someone to tell you how to do it. So, Kerr, again, if, if someone is called, written K-E-W-R, and they want to be pronounced care, then they have to, I'm afraid, spend some time uh, updating those around them on how they like their name to be pronounced. Okay, yes, I just uh, didn't see the correlation between Mm. the letter K and having it pronounced care, which I've Mm. always done and find it hard to call people cur. Yeah. (laughs) Where where were you from originally? Uh, North of Ireland. Okay, right. Um, So that, that may well be one of the places where the care pronunciation is standard. And if you did anything else, the locals would down, look, look at you sideways and say, oh, you're not from here, are you? Yes. <laughs> and they would wonder what you were saying. If you said cur, it was the same as um, share. Before mm-hmm. everybody started calling her share, they were mm-hmm. all calling her share. And I yes. thought, how did they get that from share? But now I've noticed they call this person share all the time and not sure. Well observed. Yep. <laughs> Thank you so much, Margaret in Taragindi. Ian at Ravenswood. Another question about pronunciation. Fire away, Ian. What would you like to know? Absolutely. Yeah, um, there's a couple of things. I, I don't know whether it's a, a few, but um, I used to go to uni and he used to, he used to say entrepreneur, but it's entrepreneur. Is it, oh, yes. does it matter? Is it north of France or South of France or an English word? Entrepreneur is the French word and it means someone who is um, uh, ready to to launch new ideas and and run with them. there's a funny story, very unfair, about George W. Bush. I think it's probably wrong, but it said, you can't trust the French. They don't have a word for entrepreneur. 
uh, which of course is a bit funny because it is a French word. Um, some people say entrepreneur, others say entrepreneur, I prefer the second one, but I guess whichever pronunciation we hear, we'd know what they were meaning. Well, I didn't actually, because he used to pronounce okay. entrepreneur. Oh, that's even odder. No, it's entrepreneur. French words have a rather weak stress on the last syllable, and it's definitely entrepreneur. Well, that gives me a little bit of confidence to tell my lecturer that he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Do it okay. after you've received your results for the exactly. semester. <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much. Good on okay. you. Thank you, Ian. Uh, we're almost out of time. 20 minutes to three. A few more calls to make our way through before we ask you for your last word today. Professor Raleigh Sussex, your guest on ABC Radio Brisbane in Queensland. David is in Cairns. And some more poetry for us from one of the... Um, now, I don't know, is, is C.J. Dennis considered a bush poet or is he just an Australian larrikin poet? What, what would you say? Oh, I, I'd go larrikin because yeah. I don't think you spend yes. that much time in the bush. No. He lived in urban Melbourne about 1915 or so. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the songs of the sentimental bloke are all from uh, the about you know, inner Melbourne, Victoria Market, places like that. Yeah, the, the, the point of my call, though, is just to try and put Cass said just a little. Have you ever tried to read it? Oh, yes. Oh, I have no doubt Riley has. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> I, was, I was testing Cass because if you try and read a book, I've got the Glugs, gosh, wonderful book. If you try and read it without saying it, you don't know what's being said. That's right. Mm, I have it, it is, my mum used to read it to me, so unfortunately I can't read it without hearing my mum's voice in my head, and she was brilliant uh -huh, at doing uh -huh. the language. So I think I was yes. advantaged that way. Yeah, yeah because if you, if, you, if if you don't sound it out, it's definitely not spelled correctly. No, that's right. No, very good point, David, because it is in fact an attempt to capture in writing the way Australian English was spoken around about 1915-16. Characterised, yes. Yeah. Beautiful. And, you know, her name's Doreen. Lovely stuff. <laughs> Have a good night. Thank you. Good on you. Thank you very much, David. Our final caller this afternoon, uh, Derek in Home Hill. Hello, Derek. Yes, hello. G good afternoon to you both. Good afternoon. Yep. Uh, Rowley, <clears throat> you'd be familiar with the comedian called Victor Borg? Oh, Borger, yes. He had a, a, a series called Phonetic Punctuation. Yes, indeed. And it's very, very good. It's a good laugh. Like, he makes sound effects for the punctuation. He does, yes. I, I know that one well. And by the way, his name, he was called Victor Borger by most people in the West. And his name in Danish was, in fact, Bordier. Bordier. Oh, yeah. Because G is different. Um, but you're dead right. The phonetic punctuation yeah. thing is really, really good. We'll, we'll play that one day. Yeah. He was also a good concert pianist. He was phenomenal. Uh, and he used and, to fool about playing the piano and whatnot. Yeah, pretending to be opera singers and things, yes. We, yeah, we will yeah. definitely then, give him a go one day. He, he'd play a jangle of notes and then he'd look over all the music was upside down. He, he was right. clever. He was marvellous, yeah. He and sure he was still, was still performing when he was 80-something. Was he? Yeah. Oh, good to talk to you. <laughs> Likewise. I enjoy, Thank you. I enjoy, really enjoy your show. Thank you kindly. Good. Thank you, Derek, in Home Hill. And uh, just a final comment from Ron the Truckee. Yes. I know the Queen's English. She was born in England. 
(laughs) (laughs) Very good. Thank you, Ron. Uh, Professor Rolling Sussex, always wonderful to have you on the program. And of course, um, you're encouraged if you've enjoyed the chat with Rolly this afternoon to head to Facebook because, Rolly, you're very active on Facebook and there's always a very interesting conversation playing out on some of those posts. That's right. Well, our producer, Rob, will put up something from today and the conversation will probably explode from that point. I expect so. Um, Your last word for today, Rolly, please. Yes. The person who invented autocorrect should burn in hello. (laughs) Thank you so much, Professor. Thanks, Kate. Bye-bye. On your radio and online. At home or on the road. This is ABC Radio.